Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Florida Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Holland. It is Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hopefully, y'all are having a great day today so far. Hopefully, your weekend was good. I have to apologize as I thought I was going to be back yesterday in time to drop content for Florida Market Monday. If you follow the show, I mentioned last Thursday that my lovely fiance and I were going out of town. We had to fly up to Minneapolis to search for a new wedding venue. That will be a bonus podcast all by itself. We were lucky. We found a new venue. We're all set up for next year. Really excited about that. We then drove up to Minocqua, Wisconsin for the rest of the weekend, got a chance to spend some time at her friend's cabin. It was amazing. No cell phone service for the most part. Needed the break. It was awesome. But like I said, thought I was going to get back in time yesterday to drop content. It didn't happen. So here we are. Tuesday. It's Tough Talk Tuesday. Let's get into the show. Going to go over the COVID numbers in the state of Florida, give you an update on that. Our topic for the day after that will be Ron DeSantis's, Ron DeSantis I, our governor in the great state of Florida. It's going to be his proposed legislation to combat rioting and protest in these tough times, these crazy times. We've seen stuff that we probably didn't think we would see on this level, but we are where we are. We're going to talk about what those, what that legislation embodies, and then I'll give you my personal opinion, and we will go from there. So hop on over here to floridahealthcovid19.gov. That's where I always go to get my updated information in terms of the COVID situation. 679,776 positive residents total, 8,133 positive non-residents. Total cases in the state of Florida, 687,909. We are at 13,416 deaths. Jumping down to the testing results, 679,776 positives. 4.4, a little bit over 4.4 million negatives for a total of just over 5.1 million in terms of the testing results. Positive cases by exposure source, 5,495 traveled, 243,548 contact with confirmed case, 5,774 traveled and contact with confirmed case, 424,959 under investigation. Positive cases by testing source, 24,236 of those come from the DOH, CDC. 655,540 positive cases by private labs. So those are the numbers. Again, head on over to FloridaHealthCOVID19.gov. They do a phenomenal job of breaking those numbers down by county, by each individual jurisdiction in the state of Florida. So as the COVID numbers continue to drop and we continue to open things like freestanding bars, breweries back up, starting to move forward a little bit more with the original COVID plan that we had. I saw that Governor DeSantis also put out a tweet, and that led to an article over on ESPN.com in which they were talking about how they're going to be moving college basketball events to Wide World of Sports in Orlando. So things are moving here in the state of Florida. You know, we're doing the best we can. We're very, very close to the election, so we'll see how things continue to play out. Again, I took a trip up to Minneapolis on the plane. Everyone, excuse me, still masked up. 
and just doing all we can. Everybody is just trying to do what we can. So with that being said, let's jump over to the tough topic of today. So Governor DeSantis, he put out a proposal for legislation that is called Combating Violence, Disorder, and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act, or that's what it's called. So I'm just going to go through what it says, and then we'll get into some of the nuances of it. It's new criminal offenses to combat rioting, looting, and violence. So we have prohibition on violent or disorderly assemblies that would kick it to a third-degree felony when seven or more persons are involved in an assembly and cause damage to property or injury to other persons. All right, Article B is prohibition on obstructing roadways would be a third-degree felony to obstruct traffic during an unpermitted protest, demonstration, or violent or disorderly assembly. Driver is not liable for injury or death caused if fleeing for safety from a mob. Prohibition on destroying or toppling monuments. Second-degree felony to destroy public property during a violent or disorderly assembly. All right, Article D is prohibition on harassment in public accommodations. Be a first-degree misdemeanor for a particular or participant in a violent or disorderly assembly to harass or intimidate a person on a public accommodation such as a restaurant. All right, Article E is, which is one of the articles I find most interesting, is RICO liability. So RICO liability attaches to anyone who organizes or funds, funds is the key word, a violent or disorderly assembly. All right, now we get down to the second part. It's increased penalties. Mandatory minimum jail sentences striking a law enforcement officer, including with a projectile during a violent or disorderly assembly equals six months mandatory minimum jail sentence. All right. Part B of that is going to be offense enhancements, which is offense and or sentence enhancements for one throwing an object during a violent or disorderly assembly that strikes a civilian or law enforcement officer Two assault and battery of a law enforcement officer during a violent or disorderly assembly, and three, participation in a violent or disorderly assembly by an individual from another state. Another crucial piece of that legislation that I see. Part three is citizens and taxpayer protection measures. So this is going to be citizens and taxpayer protection measures. No defund police permitted. It prohibits state grants or aid to any local government that slashes the budget for law enforcement for law enforcement services. B. Victim compensation waives sovereign immunity to allow a victim of a crime related to a violent or disorderly assembly to sue local government for damages where the local government is grossly negligent in protecting persons and property. All right. C. Government employment benefits terminates state benefits and makes anyone ineligible for unemployment by state local government if convicted of participating in a violent or disorderly assembly. And the last part, D, bail, no bond or bail until first appearance in court if charged with a crime related to participation in a violent or disorderly assembly. Rebuttal permission or presumption. Rebuttable, rebuttable, reading it. God, if I could say that word right, it'd be amazing. 
against bond or bail after first appearance. So that is the proposed legislation from Governor DeSantis to combat the violence. And, you know, what do you all think about that? I don't know. But since this is my show, I'm going to tell you what I think about it. And I am 100% on board with all of it. And to me, the idea that we have to even talk about this kind of shows you exactly where we are here in 2020. And, you know, it's a lot to unpack with that. But if you have been really following all of these, you know, things that have been going on, the, you know, the violence that we've seen in this country is, a, you know, this is a part of something that's so much bigger that I've talked a lot about on my podcast to go, get directly to it. We, the people that are funding this and all of the chaos, if we had been paying attention 10 years ago, we could have combated some of this. But we're in a situation right now where if you go to, you can go on Bing. If you have a VPN, that would be even better to be able to actually find the real information and the PDFs of the exact game plan. But there's something going on right now called um, Operation Overthrow. This is funded by George Soros. If you would like to look this up further, go check out the Transition Integrity Project because basically the plan is in place to remove Trump from office, whether he wins or not. Again, it's the trans. Transition Integrity Project. Go look that up. I have the PDF. Just going to talk a little bit about things outside of it. But if you want the exact game plan on there, um, on the strategy, go ahead. It's basically it's basically suggesting that there's going to be even more violence after the election if Trump wins. Obviously, the main goal from the left is to get Trump out of office, no matter what has to happen. So. It's almost it's justification. No matter what happens, as long as Trump is out of office, it'll, it will all be justified if they can get Trump out of office. Now, last week, last Wednesday, I talked about our disgraced former, you know, the former mayor of Tallahassee who ran for the gubernatorial position against Ron DeSantis and just barely lost just it still blows my mind how close that election was. Just go over to opensecrets.com and check out how close it was. The guy was almost our governor, Andrew Gillum. And I said last Wednesday that we know based on what we've seen from other states that are controlled by democratic leaders for the most part, their agenda is in line with the radical leftist agenda, who controls the party now. I don't think we would have gotten the same response in the state of Florida if Gillum was our governor. In fact, I know it wouldn't have happened. May 31st was after, I believe, the first or second night after the initial riots, and Governor DeSantis dispatched the National Guard right away. He's on top of it. I don't think, I know that Andrew Gillum would not have sent the National Guard to Tampa, to South Florida in that situation as quickly, quickly, as quickly, as quickly, as quickly. So I feel the damage would have been way worse in the state of Florida. And now when you have these, I mean, the people that are 
financing this, they're not hiding. They're open about what they're doing. And people like George Soros, those names, people have a way of just saying it's a conspiracy theory or, you know, it is a situation where people on the right are trying to find a scapegoat or the boogeyman. And I'm sorry, but the data is just there to back it up. Glenn Beck did a special back in 2010 called The Puppet Master about George Soros. I recommend that all of you go and watch that. Again, you're going to have to use Bing. You can't use Google. It's kind of tough to find. But go watch that. He laid it all out, exactly who George Soros is, what he was all about, and what he was planning on doing in America. Now, the aids to that, that I've talked about a lot, campaign finance reform that, in my opinion, definitely needs to happen. We had the McCain-Feingold Act back in, I believe, 2001 and Citizens United in 2010, which has led to what is known as the dark money groups, the nonprofit groups that are able to donate money to political parties and campaigns all over the country. I mean, we see that with people like George Soros and all of the cities right now that have been burned to the ground as he is an intricate player in getting DAs selected for different cities all over the country. Now, he puts DAs in office and they carry out his agenda, anti-police. That's what, that's what communism is all about. It's about the system burning to the ground. And look at the places. Look at the places that have confirmed, confirmed DAs who took massive donations from George Soros. See it in Philadelphia, St. Louis, San Francisco, Chicago, Kim Fox, Minneapolis, and even going to what is going on in Orlando right now, we have a situation up in the Ninth Judicial Circuit with Monique Worrell, who's running, and she and her constituents set up an independent political committee called Fighting for Justice. They've gotten over 56,000 donations in the past month alone from a D.C. pact called Justice for Public Safety. And that pack is funded by George Soros. Over $2.2 million has been donated to Monique Worrell's campaign for, this is a district attorney. Why would someone like George Soros be interested in a district attorney? Because again, you put district attorneys in office and then they don't prosecute. That's the thing about the laws that Ron DeSantis is trying to put in place right now. It's about the DAs as well. The DAs have to be prosecuting people when they get arrested. And that falls on us to do our due diligence on the people that are going to be district attorneys in our different you know, judicial circuits. So again, a total of 2.2 million, over 2.2 million from places like the Tides Advocacy Group, Democracy PAC, the Tides Foundation. And these are all small nonprofit groups that operate under the Open Society, which is the Open Society network of quote-unquote nonprofits. That's how George Soros basically puts money into different outlets to go fund different organizations to basically implement his long-term goals. That's why he donated $200 million to quote-unquote Black Lives Matter. Guy could care less about any social any social outcome. He cares about one thing, which is his power and his money. 1998, go check it out. Did a 60 Minutes interview 
And it's just, again, this guy doesn't hide from what his goals are. And if we were paying attention in this country, we would have been able to see it. The point is, when I look at legislation like Ron DeSantis is trying to pass, this more states should be passing or trying to pass legislation like this because the people that have run for office that are DAs, the people that George Soros and people like him, the people that they're trying to put in office that they fund, they're not, I mean, they're not going anywhere until we vote them out. So in my opinion, do I expect more violence after the election if Trump gets reelected? Absolutely, because they've shown that this is what they do. This is, this is their model. They're going to go out. They're going to burn stuff down. They're going to try to destroy property. And if you don't have something in place that is a strong deterrent, consistent with what's happened since the first George Floyd riot happened in Minneapolis, these people are just going to keep pushing. They'll keep pushing and they'll keep pushing. I've said this about the left for years now. I never give them an inch on everything. You give them an inch, they're going to try to take a mile every single time. So the more left they go, the more right I'm kind of forced to go because this is, they've proven this is what they're going to do. And you're not going to be able, you know, you're not going to be able to just hope that this goes away. You have to have leadership that says, here is the outline. This is how we're going to punish you if you don't get a handle on the situation. And it starts at the top with Governor DeSantis. There's no way that legislation like this, in my opinion, would be proposed if Andrew Gillum were the governor of this state. Again, I agree with everything that he just proposed, okay? Because it has to stop. It has to stop. If you want to make a change in any system, you want to sit down like an adult and have a conversation about said change with people on the opposite side and discuss where a bipartisan concerted effort can be made for the betterment of the society that people are living in, I'll have that conversation with you all day long. The minute that you respond like a five-year-old in a store who says they can't have a toy, who starts jumping up and down and crying, meaning that when you start to respond to this stuff like a child, burning people's businesses down, looting stores, throwing bricks at the police, because you are a child. You react like an emotional child. And when you do that, you've lost all, all ability for me to want to sit down with you is gone. And there has to be harsh consequences that deter people that have, like the people that have burned down cities all across this country. It has to be something in place that says, okay, if you want to play this stupid game, your stupid prize awaits you. I have no sympathy for people that burn down other people's stores and loot other people's stores and destroy property because they think that that's the way that they're going to make positive change. Either dumb, if you think that that's the way it's going to get done, or you just don't get it. Either way, I don't care. Okay? The people that I care about are the hardworking citizens in the state of Florida who get up every day, go to work, don't really even care about any of this political stuff. They just want to go to work, make money, take care of their family, and be safe. You cannot have a community function the way that a community should function properly, in my opinion, without 
public safety. That starts first. You give me public safety, you give me low taxes, you give me good schools, you give me warm weather. That's all I need. That is literally all I need. I vote on policy. A lot of people would say that I'm a big Trump guy. That's not the thing. It's not about Trump. It's about policies. It's about the policies that I support. And when it comes to safety, I'm always going to err on the side of law and order. If you want to have that conversation with me about systematic racism and all that, I'll have that conversation with you too. Let's do it. But sit down with me and have that conversation. A lot of people will email me. A lot of people will try to talk about me. But sit down with me. Sit down and have the conversation with me. Okay? Because if you don't, then you're telling me everything that I need to know about you. Because I'll sit down with anybody, anytime, any place, because that's how strong I am with my opinions and what I feel. And if you feel just as strong about your opinions, you shouldn't have any issue coming down and sitting and talking with me or anybody else who opposes your position. That's called it's something crazy. It's something just, it's so ridiculously crazy. I can't even think of the word. Yep. It's called discourse. Just a little discourse goes a long, long way. So that is what I think about what's going on with that proposed legislation. You know, until we have campaign finance reform where people that have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that can now use that money and hide that money in nonprofit organizations that aren't even regulated by the FEC, that are regulated by the IRS, they can use that money to fund campaigns, to fund and put people in positions of power that are going to uphold their objective, which obviously we can see that objective is to destroy the capitalist system, then, you know, as long as until that changes, then I will keep advocating for strong, strong, strong law and order. And here's the thing. If you don't want to come in contact with law enforcement and you don't want to have one of the things listed in that legislation piece, come down on you, then just don't write. How difficult is that? Just don't write. Don't burn down people's stuff. Don't break people's windows. Don't go on to people's property. And you won't have a problem. It sounds really complicated, but it really doesn't sound that complicated. It's actually pretty simple. That is all I have for today. Again, it's Tough Talk Tuesday. What do y'all think? Email me at thefloridapodcast at gmail.com. If you think that I'm completely wrong and you would like to come on the show and have a discourse slash debate with me about this topic, let's go. Anytime, any place. I'll come to you. I have enough equipment. Let's do it. Until tomorrow, when I come back with Whack-Ass Wednesday, I will... 